Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you are looking for a place to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your updated odds and info. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you will receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just remember to use the promo code BELIEVE to get started. Believe is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games because bet online is where the game starts. Welcome back in ladies and gentlemen to this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host Cody Davis, credential reporter for SB Nation. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. And of course, I have my guy, Mr. Brian Bearfield. You guys know him as Big Sarge back in the studio with me as a guest host. What's going on, my guy? I didn't know we were throwing around titles today. So well, I, look, I need to introduce how y'all doing. My name is Brian Bearfield, aka Big Sarge, credentialed uh, media reporter for the for USA Today's Rockets Wire and mm-hmm. uh, Magazine. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I guess I, mean, I didn't know we were. I didn't look. I didn't know we were being formal. Hey, I hey, we gotta let people know this is why we should listen to this podcast because you have not one but two credential reporters covering their favorite team in the Houston Rockets here on this podcast. And before we start talking about the Rockets, Sarge, we got a lot in store today. We're gonna talk about the development of Alper and Shagoon. I think that's gonna be a really fun conversation. We're gonna close out this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets. Uh, just doing like a quick NBA playoff preview. Yes, the Houston Rockets are not in it, but there are still some great teams out there that could possibly win the Larry O'Brien trophy. And of course, you know, we gotta talk about this foolishness that's going on with Jalen Green. But before we get into that, Sarge is a reporter like me in the city of Houston who also covers the Houston Texans. And just like myself, we are getting ready for the draft. And there's a lot of prospects out there. We got our, we we are eyeing, you know, we kind of hope the Texans get with that number three overall pick or that number 13 overall pick. Sarge, what the hell is wrong with Kyle Hamilton? Drake! (laughs) (laughs) And for you guys who don't know, Kyle Hamilton, a potential target for the Houston Texans, got on Twitter yesterday and said that Drake is, what? how you put it? He said Drake is the best of all time, including MJ, a.k.a. Michael Jackson, and LeBron James is the greatest of all time, including MJ, a.k.a. Michael Jordan. We could debate, discuss, fight, and argue, LeBron versus Michael Jordan until we die. But there is no way in hell, Sarge, no one, and I mean no one, especially Drake, is better than the late great Michael Joseph Jackson. Wow. You know, 
when I read that, you were the first person I thought about. Because <laughs> those of y'all who do not know, they pull co- whatever apparatus you listen to us on, get a little bit closer. Hey, uh, Cody is a huge, huge Michael uh, Michael Jackson fan. And mm-hmm. at one point, I thought his middle name was uh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> like, I thought, that was, I thought that was Cody Michael Jackson Davis. Because, and, and I want to be honest with you, at first I thought you was just playing. But then as I talked to you more and more and more and found out, no, like, you really <laughs> are, like, a Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson fan or Stan or whatever you want to call. You can't call you a Stan because he's no longer with us. So you're just a huge Michael Michael Jackson fan. And like I said, I thought it was a joke at first until I spoke <laughs> with you, and I was like, no, hey, this guy really, really no. I think I caught you moonwalking one day. I think I caught you doing the smooth criminal <laughs> another day. I thought I heard you say, just beat it. You know, sometimes I think before we hang up the phone, I hear you go, hee hee. So <laughs> when I read those comments from Kyle Hamilton, I was like, oh God, this is not going to go well. But, and here's the interesting part too, because I can see his mindset because of course he wasn't around for Michael Jackson. He's only known Drake and a lot of these younger people, they only know Drake and that's the only music that they're hearing. Drake is still alive. That's the only one that they can associate themselves with. So I was going to give him a pass until I realized that, just like you said, you could have said any other name yes, except Michael Jackson because, one, his music is timeless. Two, two he resonates with everyone. I know, I know little kids that if they hear Michael Jackson right now, they just start dancing. My, my frat brother, his daughter, I think, was four years old when Michael Jackson passed away. She cried. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I said, there's no possible way you could know Lil Michael uh, from Lil Michael all the way up to, to you know the king of pop. So if he'd have said anybody else outside of Michael Jackson, I'd have been like, okay, but you can't say Michael Jackson and, and use the uh excuse that he wasn't around during your time and you don't really know his music like that, because like I said, his music resonates through throughout time and it reaches everyone from senior citizens all the way down to toddlers. Exactly. I I didn't understand that statement. And look, yes, I am a Michael Jackson fanatic, but I do, I I would say there are other artists. I would say, look, in my, I really do think this a fact. Nobody's greater than Michael, but I do get people argument when you want to debate Michael versus Prince, Michael versus Whitney Houston. If you want to take it to today's time, Michael versus Beyonce, that's another popular one. Like I can understand it. I don't understand Drake at all, but (laughs) enough of the Michael Jackson versus Drake. I think that might have been the second most idiotic statement of the week because, boy, Bill Simmons (laughs) on his podcast on The Ringer, he was talking about naming the first team all rookie, correct? Yes. And he has a vote. And... He was debating all the all the rookies in this class. And as we sit here on April 14th, 2022, at 3.08 p.m. recording this podcast, I, I will automatically say, without a doubt, this draft class has the potential to go down as one of the deepest in NBA history. Yes. And I'm to be honest with you, Sarge, you can let me know if you 
agree. I'm starting to get 96 or 84 vibes. I don't think it's going to be as legendary as, as those because 84 gave us Akeem and Michael Jordan. 96 gave us Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant. But when you take a look at like how those two draft class defined a generation, defined a whole decade of NBA basketball, I'm starting to get the sense that 2021 is going to do the same 10 years later. But what did Bill Simmons say? <laughs> I want well, you to take the lead on this. And remember, this is a family show, by the way. <laughs> well, so, and I will say this before before I get into Bill Simmons. You're right. Cody, when I look at this, at this draft class from the 2021-2022 draft class, I look at it and I say, my God, like, it is deep. I put mm. it like this. You know, we look at Cade Cunningham. We look at... We look at Kate Cunningham, we look at Jalen Green, you know, we look at Evan Mobley, but there's still two players that was in that draft class. Oh, I forgot Scotty Barnes, but there's still two players in that draft class that we haven't really seen a lot of that I think that once, you know, over time, they're going to be really good. And I'm talking about Jalen Suggs, who mm -hmm. plays for Orlando, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you, this guy that I'm about, this next name I'm about to say, I would have voted him. I would have voted him rookie of the year had he stayed healthy. And that's Josh Giddy from Oklahoma <laughs> City Thunder. You know, there's not a player in this draft, and I'm a huge Jalen Green fan. You know, we've watched every one of Jalen Green's uh we watched mm -hmm. every one of Jalen Green's games. We've seen him, you know, after practice, we've seen him put in the work. But Josh Giddy, uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder is one of these guys that he can score, he can rebound, he can assist. Like he's the total package, and I and I know that Kate Cunningham is the popular name, but Josh Giddy, man, I, I'm saying to myself, watching this kid, and you know, I, I was Oklahoma City Thunder fan for a very long time, and I stopped watching him, and Josh Giddy was one of the reasons I started watching them, uh, watching them that closely again because I said this kid has something. If I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. he's from Australia. Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, and so very good kid. Now getting back to this, Bill Simmons. Cody, you've seen the movie Coming to America, right? Mm-hmm. You remember the scene where Eddie Murphy is standing on the balcony and he was like, good morning, neighbor. <laughs> yes, sir. And the guy screams out, F you. <laughs> and then Eddie Murphy says, yes, F you too. Remember that? Uh-huh. That's what I wanted to say to Bill Simmons when he made that idiotic statement. And I get it because I've heard the audio. I've read the statement and I listened to the audio again and the way he presented it, I see what he was saying and I mm -hmm. see what he was saying about why he would, why he voted, excuse me, uh, Herb Jones over Herb Jones, who played for the New Orleans Pelicans over Jalen Green, who mm -hmm. plays for the Houston Rockets. And I'm saying to myself, because everybody has their preference. You know, we mentioned uh, uh, LeBron James earlier on and where Kyle Hamilton said that he would take LeBron James over Michael Jordan. And it's all about your preference because mm -hmm. that's how it is for, for myself. I would pick LeBron James over Michael Jordan. And that's because I like the assist factor when it comes to LeBron James. He gets everybody involved. And so, but that's my preference. Everybody has their preference and it's subjective. So I see where Bill Simmons was going. But for you, Bill Simmons, to tell to to say to this nineteen, I'm sorry, this twenty year old young man, f him, f him, f Jalen Green. Are you serious right now? F Jalen Green. Wait, hold on, it gets better. 
because I know that Jalen Green is a player that's not for everyone. I got mm-hmm. I get it. And it took a little time for him to develop into what he is right now, what he ended up being at the end of the season. So I get it. I got it. But Bill Simmons, you are the last person to be able to, to start saying F Jalen Green. And when he started talking about it, I started thinking to myself, hmm. You know, Cody, I did a little digging because, you know, Bill Simmons is a huge, huge Boston Celtics fan, right? Oh, yeah. that's it. He bleeds green. He's the definition of somebody who bleeds green. And I'm saying to myself, you know that Jalen Green finished his rookie season with a higher scoring average than Jason Tatum did his first two years in the league? <laughs> you know that, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to myself, well, okay, let me just take that factor out of it. He said, I don't uh uh I don't give he, he says I'm not gonna give credit to a guy who scored 40 some plus points on a 20 20 plus win season, a team that only won 20 plus games, correct? Mm-hmm. So then I started going back and I'm thinking, like, okay, so now we're giving so now you're not gonna vote him all rookie. I'm talking about Jalen Green. You're not gonna put Jalen Green on the all rookie team because his team was not good. And so all I did was I took a step back and I just looked at the 2020, 2020, 2020, 21, all NBA rookie team. First team. Mm-hmm. LaMelo Ball. How many team, how many uh team wins did the Charlotte Hornets have last year? I want to say 30. Mm. Anthony Edwards. That was definitely around 30. Okay. Tyrese Halliburton with Sacramento. <laughs> Gotta be 25 or 30. Sadiq Bay with Detroit Pistons. Wasn't that like 15? Because they got that? number one overall <laughs> with Kate Cunningham, correct? Mm-hmm. Now, this is where it gets interesting with Bill Simmons and the comments that he made. Bill Simmons says, I'm not gonna vote anybody. Uh, uh I don't think that nobody who is on who who puts up 40 plus points on a team that they oh uh, sorry put up 40 plus points and plays on a team that only won 20 plus games. How many wins did the Rockets have last year? 15, if not 15, 17. 17, right? Mm-hmm. You know who made first team all NBA last year? Jay Shante. <laughs> so what the hell are you talking about, Bill Simmons? I just- What are you talking mm. about? What are you talking about, bro? You know what it is? People do things now, Cody, for likes, clicks, and to go viral. Because he knew that if he attacked one of the most popular stars in Houston, that would get his name. When the last time anybody talked about Bill Simmons? It's been a minute, right? Yeah, I want to say maybe during the James Harden era, 2019, when they went up against Golden State again. That's exactly what I was about to say. Nobody's talked about you in Houston, Bill, since you talked said that James Harden gets empty assists and then mm-hmm. you give credit to Luka Doncic who does, who does the exact same thing that James Harden does. Sorry, I got on my soapbox. But that just kind of, you know, touched my spirit because you're going to say F the, and and you know, I'm going to I'm going to put it this way. I may be a little biased because I am so close to the situation when it comes to Jalen Green. Because I've seen what he's been through. I know the work that he's put in. I know what he's doing. And I don't think that he should be penalized because his team is in a rebuilding mode. You Mm -hmm. know, for you to say, F that young man, you know, I'm pretty sure. Maybe Bill Simmons was sitting there thinking about, you know, all the times people had said F him when it came to his uh, 
racial discrimination lawsuits when it comes to employing African American. No, it would do. Oh, my bad. You, wrong <laughs> you know, the way I took it, and I read his statement, he was talking about how he was joking. And I understood that part. And Sarge, you know, you and I have been, you know, in a joking matter with our friends, debating fun stuff. And we said, F such and such. Yeah. Even though we said it in a in in a joking matter, we st- that means we still have some type of dislike for that particular person for that particular thing, which I do not understand why he still went that route to say f him. Now what he would have said was just, oh, I really don't know if I want to vote Jalen Green because the Rockets didn't win that many games versus last year. I could understand that, but for him to say f that young man, uh, a young man that's not even twenty one, he just made twenty a couple months ago. It was it was classless to me. But on the flip side of things, Sarge, I love it. Why do I love it? You've been around Jalen Green almost every single day, just like me since what the month of September, October, when they started practicing down, when they started training. No, I'm sorry, since his first press conference here. Yeah, media day. Yes. Jalen Green has something I like to call the fu two factor. Mm -hmm. LeBron has it. Kobe has it. Steph has it. And I'm not putting him on their level as of right now, but there's something different. about that young man and i guarantee you he's going to use that statement and become even better all this did was just raise his potential even more and i love it so we talked about the it factor on this last podcast right mm -hmm. about the it factor and 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 using every everything as uh using everything that you hear every negative thing that you hear uh to fuel you and, and you know what and i i'm with you when it comes to that cody because you know you look at like you said the greats like michael jordan even made up stories about people to fuel him kobe exactly. never forgot anything never forgot anything and he used a kg tom brady i mean i know we're talking basketball but no we, we can go on and on hell you want to go to the music world michael jackson <laughs> he got he got snubbed in the grammys 1980 used that and came out with thriller you know, I was surprised that uh, that there's another player who uses that, and he's a really good player. I don't want, I don't know. Some people may say he's a Hall of Famer. Some people may say not. But you know, Draymond Green remembers everybody. Can name you everybody who was drafted before him. And he's another one. I have a fu two factor. Exactly. And so I cannot wait to see Jalen Green. And the one thing that I like about Jalen Green is he's humble, and he's one of those people that just say, "All right." I got you. I, I don't don't worry about it. I'll show you. He he's he's like you said. He's one of those people that I can show you better than I can tell you. Tons of people take vitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing seventy-five high-quality vitamins, materials, superfoods, antibiotics to start your day off right. Their special blend ingredient supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and of course, aging. It's also lifestyle friendly, and it also fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So claim your health and arm your immune system today. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. 
And to make it easier, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreen.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreen.com slash believe. Athletic Green, take ownership of your health. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. In the first segment, we talked about how deep this 2021 draft class is. And all the guys we talked about from K, Giddy, Jalen Green, those are the super, superstars of the draft. And the reason why I feel, we feel that the 2021 draft class is going to be one of the greatest of all time is because of the, I don't want to say others, but the potential of what other draft prospects could be. And right here in the city of Houston, they have three. Because in addition to Jalen Greens, there's Josh Christopher and everybody's favorite player, Alperin Shagoon. Sarge, I'm going to share my thoughts about LP a little bit later. But for you, how has it been watching LP grow throughout the season? Man, it has been amazing. And it almost made me feel like, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know if you remember when Josh Christopher said in the exit interviews about he want him wanting to be uh, Nikola Nikola Jokic, mm-hmm. who was MVP, plays for the who plays. Does he play forward or center? Center, center. center. Okay, because I know he fluctuates sometimes. But um, who plays center for the uh, Denver Nuggets. Nuggets? Yeah, for the Denver Nuggets. And so that's something that I have been saying since mid-season though mm-hmm. you know, i've been on the radio i've said it anybody who's ever asked me i said i i think i'm looking at a young you know a, a young joker because of his skill set when you look at that young man and the one thing that he had to learn and he said this himself uh i want to say about a month or two within the season he said that the thing that he's trying to adjust to is the speed of the game because they didn't play that fast when he played in turkey so mm-hmm. he was still trying to adjust to the speed of the game. Another thing that I noticed that he had to, to adjust to was not only the speed of the game, but the NBA game is not as physical as it is at some of the places where they play overseas. It's not as physical as it is in Turkey or, you know, or in China or something like that. It's not as mm-hmm. physical as that. And so it was something that he had to get used to because he was the player of the year over there when he was 18 years old. And so, but he was player of the year over there playing in the post, playing with a lot of, you know, banging a lot in the post, you know, a lot of bodies, you know, just colliding with one another. And now he's looking up and he might get switched off and he's holding a guy who is his height uh, uh, or taller out on the wing, you Hmm. know, who's, who's facing him up instead of turning his back to the basket and what he's used to defending. And then on the flip side of that, in the offense that the Houston Rockets were running, which was sometime a five out, he finds himself not in the paint, but out on the perimeter or three-point line. And sometimes he's wide open. He has to take the shot. And so what I seen was a young man who, once he finally learned the game and got used to the speed of the game, I watched him grow and I watched him develop. Now, the reason why I brought up uh, Jokic's name is because Alperin Shingun has a skill set so similar to his that it's scary. Mm-hmm. So here's a young man that has who's very good in the post, 
Here's a young man who doesn't mind uh, uh, shooting the ball, shooting the mid-range, shooting whatever he gets inside of the paint. Now he's extended his game to the outside, but he's very good at seeing the court. He's almost, a, he's almost like having another guard on the court when he's there because you can run your offense through him. He, I've, I've seen him make some amazing passes this year that I said to myself, wait a minute, this can't be coming from the center position. This can't be coming from a guy who's 6'10", 6'11", being able to make those type of passes. But if you look at Jokic, for the Nuggets, he does the exact same thing. So if he stays on this trajectory, if he stays on his path, if he keeps listening to you know some of the people like Hakeem Olajuwon who worked with him uh, one time and who will probably work with him more in the future, listen to him on what he needs to do as far as on the offensive end. And then here's a name that some of the Rockets fans may remember, but it may have been in the back, back, back of your mind. I mean, Chuck Hayes. Mm. When Chuck Hayes was at practice at some of the practices, teaching him how to play low post defense Mm -hmm. and how to use his body, because, you know, for 19 years old, this young man, not only is he tall, he has a good body frame and his lower body once he anchors himself into a position, it's very, very hard to move him. Now he has to learn how to move his feet a little bit more and stop reaching so much. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's the skill set in which I see him. And, and over the last ten games, he he averaged thirteen point nine points per game and eight point one rebounds. And within those games, he had three double doubles. And that's when there was no Christian Wood. So now the floor opens up even more for him. When I take a look at LP, I see a guy who struggled early on, and I do mean early on, but he learned and applied everything that Coach Steven Silas, Hakeem Olajuwon, John Lucas, Chuck Hayes, he applied everything that made him into the player that he was by the time his rookie season came to an end. And I'm not going to lie. The first time I watched LP, I was amazed by the the way he could see the floor. Like, I was just like you, Sars. There is no way in hell a big (laughs) man should be able to see the floor as good as LP. It just doesn't make any type of sense. But... Early on in the season, and I do believe that this hampered his playing time, and I think you and I talked about this. You mentioned reaching so much. Yeah. Early on in the season, he struggled with fouls. Yes. But that was before the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, I don't know what he did. I don't know if because he started working with Chuck Hayes. I don't – well, I'm pretty sure it was because he was working with the great Hakeem Olajuwon. But – You saw in the second half of the season, especially the last two to three weeks when the Rockets decided to sit Christian Wood, he wasn't getting into foul trouble like he used to be. And I'm looking at this from a standpoint, yes, Elperin needs to get stronger. Yes, Elperin needs to get a little bit quicker because for him to be a big man, he's going to have to learn how to defend on a perimeter, especially when he's going up against Joker, when he's going up against uh, Joel Embiid, and they like to take their game and extend it beyond the perimeter. He's nice. going to get, he's he's going to have to get used to defending that. But my biggest 
my, my biggest takeaway, my my biggest thing that I wanted to see Elper and Shagoon get better at was stop fouling so much. And that's what I saw in the second half of the season. And what I also saw was a guy who got comfortable on the offensive side of the ball, and he got more aggressive looking for his shot. Prior to the All-Star break, this was a young man who was averaging eight and a half points, taking only one three-point shot per game, shooting 27%. After the All-Star break, that went up to 11.5 points per game. And he was taking nearly three three-point shot attempts per game. And he struggled shooting 22 points. I mean, he's shooting 22% from behind the arc. But I like the fact that LP was getting more comfortable and comfortable shooting that three ball. And when you take a look at the guards that he's playing alongside with, especially Kevin Porter Jr., a yep. guy who... I'm pretty sure next season we're going to see a lot more pick and pop out of the Rockets offense. And in order for that to succeed, LP is definitely going to have to get more aggressive and better at shooting the three ball. And that is what we what we were starting to see towards the end of the season. And I'm bringing that up because remember on Monday during the exit interview, Steven Silas talked about how he was trying a little more things throughout the season on the offensive side of the ball because he was trusting his younger guys a lot more. Yes. That was something that we that that we started to see just a little bit, not much. I can't remember the two games that I noticed that pick and pop. I'm going to have to go back and see it and you know bring it to you guys for the next installment. But <laughs> it is scary to know that the Rockets have a young man whose skill set is similar to Jokic, who is the MVP of the league. And in the next couple of weeks could be the back-to-back -back MVP winner. That is scary. And you look at it like this, too. You 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 watch the – so Josh knew what Alpi could do once he was playing with him. Jalen mm -hmm. knew what he could do. But once Kevin Porter Jr. got comfortable with having him on the floor – because you remember now, he was used to having – and he had got used to the tendencies and the characteristics of Christian Wood and mm -hmm. what he was doing. As a point guard, he's knowing he has to know where everybody is. And so once Kevin Porter Jr. learned uh the characteristics and the traits of Alpi, and once he knew that started to trust him a little bit more. And I know that sounds crazy because it's like you should always trust your teammates, but once he started trusting him more, you could see a lot of the times when the offense would run through Alpi from the top mm -hmm. because pass, cutaway, screen, back screen, whatever the case may be. Once he got the ball and he turned, he could see everything. But you know what? It was also interesting, too, is here's a young man that sees the court with his back to the basket as well. <laughs> did you see when, when – did you remember when Josh Christopher told us that he said, all I did was pass the ball to Alpi and cut? He said, mm. that's all I have to do when he's on the floor. Pass him the ball and cut because he's going to find me. And that's very unique for a player – to be able to do you know who else could, who, who used to do that and it's crazy because there's another um uh player that came from overseas Sabonis. how did you I, know I about this because era? i always say prior to Jokic coming into the league Sabonis, who used to play i think for the trailblazers correct yes for the trailblazers he was the best big man that i ever saw passing the ball and facilitating Yes. Like he was the original big that could bring his and, and this is the crazy part about LP. You could play five out with LP, 
because of his ability to see the floor. Yes. <laughs> and that's... it's crazy because, and I, and I sort of like that more often because, look, Jelly Green and Kevin Porter Jr., they're going to shoot the hell out the ball. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, and, and Kevin Porter, he's still, you know, trying to find that great balance between when to pass and when to score. But the fact that you can tap into KPJ's scoring potential a little bit more so because you have a big who, 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 his playmaking is better than some of the starting point guards in the league as of right now. That is going to make this Rockets offense scary in the near future. And when you watch it too, Cody, what he does is what he does and what he has learned over time is how to also reposition himself. And what mm-hmm. I mean by reposition himself is even when they're playing five out, sometimes he'll grab the ball, turn, pass it, and then he'll go establish himself in the low post. That way, that's giving whoever he just passed it to, that's giving them a whole nother option because they can throw the ball into Alpi and cut, uh, throw it into Alpi, and Alpi can kick it out to the shooter that's probably in the corner. Like, there's so many other things that they can do once he has the ball in his hands. And like I said, once he repositions himself, that's the one thing that I noticed and that I loved about him because it's like, okay, he'll get the ball, and then he say, well, this is not a good shot, or this isn't, I don't see anything good. Let me pass it and then go down to the post. Or let me dribble down to the post, turn my back to the basket, and let the action still run around me so I can still Mm -hmm. see it. So, yes. And, you know, before we move on, because uh, on the last installment, we talked about Jalen Green. Mm -hmm. This installment, we're talking about Alperin Shingun. Mm -hmm. And then as we go on, we'll talk about Josh Christopher. And we can't, you know, we'll also talk a little bit about Usman Garuba, who is the other you know, rookie that, you know, nobody really got a feel on what he could possibly be only because, you know, he spent time in the G League and then he came and he got hurt and he missed so many games. And so by the time they we actually seen him play consistently, you know, we couldn't really tell. He was still trying to yeah. get his feet up under him. And so, but I say all that to say this, when you look at the improvement of those players, right? And I know we're talking about Alpi, but I got to just side note this thing for a second. When you look at the improvement, there's no possible way you cannot look at head coach Steven Silas and say, man, this man is doing one hell of a job. So many people calling him for, for him to be fired. So many people saying he doesn't know what he's doing. But those same people who said he didn't know what he was doing at the beginning of the season and pre all star break, are the same ones now that are praising him post-All-Star break because of the way that Jalen Green played and Alperin Shingun played. And all he was trying to tell everybody from the jump was, I got to give these time, these players time to develop. These mm-hmm. are teenagers. These, these could possibly be my sons. So these are teenagers that I have coming in here. And they don't know. They're playing against grown men. So if you don't give them that time to 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 get to know the lay of the land, then what are you supposed to do? So I just want to take that small little time because I know we'll talk about Stephen Silas here later on in a, in a couple of more of these installments. But I want to say right now, we talked about Jalen Green, we talked about Alperin Shingun, and all of that outside of the assistant coaches is also the head coach and Stephen Silas. If you are looking for a place to wager this year. Bet online is the number one spot for all of your updated odds and info. 
So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you will receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just remember to use the promo code BELIEVE to get started. Believe is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games, because bet online is where the game starts. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, before we close out this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets, um, by the time you guys hear this, depending on when and where, either the NBA playing tournament will still be going on, which would take place later on tonight, or every team is set for the NBA postseason, for the NBA playoffs. And with the NBA playoffs starting, you know, as a Rocket fan, as a Rocket reporter, whatever you want to call yourself, blah, 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 blah. We all going to have, uh, we all going to keep a close eye on two teams. I think we can all agree. And that's the Phoenix Suns and the Philadelphia 76ers. I was and, Brooklyn Nets. So. Oh, well, of course, in the Brooklyn Nets. But I'm just saying for Rockets purposes. I think we can all agree that we want, we really, Chris Paul really deserved to win. I was talking to Kelly, Kelly Eco um, doing the exit interviews. And, um, you know, I was just seeing, you know, what he had going on and everything. He was telling me that, you know, he might do some things with Chris Paul, you know, those two um, guys, are, you know, they're boys. And I looked at Kelly, man. I said, Kelly, bro, this gotta be Chris Paul last chance. And I'm hoping and praying this man win this championship. I, I think maybe next to Tracy McGrady, I don't think there's not one other person I'm dying to see win a championship than Chris Paul. And I think even more so for Chris Paul because that would just do wonders for him and he deserved it. Not saying T-Mac didn't deserve it, but, you know, just given what they was able to accomplish. And, you know, real quickly, Cody, it's hard because you can't look back and say it was ineffective play that made him not win. It's the fact that he could not play. Injuries have yes. so much throughout his career. And I don't know if that's because of usage throughout the year or what, but every time this young man gets close to any type of success mm. when it comes to, you know, a, advancing to the finals or even getting to the finals, it's always an injury. Yes. And honestly, Sarge, that was the one concern I had the day the Rockets traded for him. I said, oh, like he did in New Orleans, like he did in L.A. He's going to probably have us experience our most successful regular season in franchise history. And they did. I said, but he's going to get hurt at the worst time. And he did. But as a Rocket reporter, fan, whatever you want to call it, you're keeping a close eye on what goes on in Phoenix. But in the Eastern Conference, there's a guy. He used to wear number 13. He now is where one. And... He has not looked good since he left Houston. I mean, he he has shown flashes, but he has not looked good. And, of course, I'm talking about James Harden. And, Sarge, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but he had his media. (laughs) He had his media availability early on in the week. And they asked him about the pressure that he might be experiencing going into another postseason run. And James Harden said that at this stage in his career, he has nothing left to prove. I disagree with that statement. And I'm sorry, Sarge. I have yet to see James Harden have that legendary moment in his career. 
And during his time with the Rockets, you know, we used to always argue, you know, a lot of people used to automatically call him the third greatest shooting guard of all time. And I always put him at four because I said he's never going to be better than Dwayne Wade until he has that postseason moment, until he has that series moment. One, I think that ship has sailed now. And two, I'm still waiting for that moment. So I look at it like this because I'm a I'm a huge James Harden fan. And, and I'm a so huge, am I. I'm a huge James Harden fan due to the fact of the way that he plays, due to the fact of how he plays. And I've always said that James Harden plays very hard, even though he doesn't get a lot of credit for the way he plays in the playoffs because people think that thinks that he shrinks. But, you know, when you're shooting as much as he does over the course of the season, it takes a lot of wear and tear and a lot of toll on your body. Like by the end of the season, it's the equivalent to, um, you know, you, you, you know, my, my guy, young Cody, right. Mm-hmm. KODY. Mm-hmm. You know, one, one, we were having this when I, when I had my show, uh, we were talking about this and he says, well, you know, James Harden shouldn't be tired. I said, okay, well jump in place for three minutes. If you can jump in place for three minutes, we made a bet or whatever the case may be. And he couldn't make it past like 45 seconds. And so I said, that's the equivalent to how James Harden, what the, what, the fatigue that you feel now is the fatigue James Harden would feel towards the end of the season. And I know, you know, you, you guys, you, you can say, well, some players take it up a notch and some players, you know, kick in. But if you look at it over time, those players who take it up a notch, those players who, who go to that next level, guess what they have? Teammates. Outside of having Chris Paul, when James Harden was making his playoff run with the Houston Rockets, who who was the second leading scorer? Who was the who was the Robin to the Batman? And then when he finally did get uh, a Robin, you know, to the Batman or a Batman and Batman and Chris Paul, they have the Golden State Warriors on the ropes. Chris Paul gets hurt. Come back uh-huh. the next season. Come back the next season, and what happened? James Harden is is playing like he's supposed to play, but by this time, him and Chris Paul they can't seem to get along. Mike D'Antoni had a lot to do with it. So I'm saying that to say this. He moves to the Nets, comes back and he plays, moves on to, and they lose in the, they, they lose in the playoffs, moves on to Philly, starts off really great. And now he's playing like he's playing. I don't think he, I, I'm going to agree with his sentiment and his statement saying that I want, I don't think he has a lot to prove, but two, the reason why I don't think James Harden has, has anything to prove right now, at least is I don't think James Harden is healthy. Mm. In, in all honesty, I don't. I think that because Kyrie was hurt last year and James got hurt at the end of the season, they rushed him back for that playoff. Because you you remember he was playing at fifty percent, and he, even though he was okay, he wasn't James Harden. And what happens when you come back from an injury that quick? That still lingers on because now you're still trying to get your body back to a to a point where you was when you were playing at an elite level, and now you come back with the Nets, and now you're playing with Philly. It just he just doesn't look healthy to me. So as I digress real quickly, I don't think he has anything to prove either. I don't think that he has anything to prove to anybody as far as individually is concerned. Now he's playing with a team that should advance to at least the Eastern Conference Finals, but I don't know. I disagree with your theory 
except for the 2017 playoffs. That was the year, the first year without Dwight Howard, and he basically disappeared against the San Antonio Spurs. And I saw a guy who was tired. As for your statement about he never had a Robin to his Batman, especially in the playoffs, I don't agree with that statement. Because who he had then? Dwight Howard. No, he had Dwight Howard. Those first two playoff runs that they had together, Dwight Howard was damn good. Especially that first year when they lost against the um, Portland Trailblazers when he averaged 26, 13, and 2. And, of course, those two are two blocks. Dwight Howard was still playing at an all-star caliber level. The following year, he averaged 18, 13, and 2. The White Howard was still. That's the year they came. Yeah, that was the year they came back and beat the Clippers, and then that was the first time they lost to the Golden State Warriors the following year. Yeah, but that was so that 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 first time, though, the first year they came back against the Clippers, like it wasn't it wasn't Dwight nor James that helped them come back. No, Dwight was on the court. Dwight was on the court that 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 that, uh, doing that run. But I'm saying, but what I'm saying is, throughout that playoff series, he did have Dwight Howard. I know people, you know, might think Dwight Howard is. You know, a joke of all jokes at this point in I his think. career. But those first two years of his of his career in Houston, he played really good, especially that first year. The Chris Paul aspect of things, yes, you mentioned that that was his Batman. I'm not going to count the Russell Westbrook. You know how I feel about Westbrook time in Houston. I'm not going to count that against Westbrook because, of course, COVID threw everything off, and there was the bubble situation. You and I know there were some things that went on in the bubble that we're not going to discuss. That's yeah. part of the reason why the Rockets are in this situation today. But James has has had help in the postseason. And I just think at this stage in his career, he does have something to prove. And like I just mentioned, as great as James Harden been, and of course we're talking about his time here in Houston, I have yet – like his playoff legendary moment is still – what was that? Game five against the San Antonio Spurs his last year with, with the Thunder. Thunder? No, 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 his last year with the Thunder when he helped them advance to the finals in 2012. Yeah. I, I still yeah. consider that to be his legendary playoff moment to where when I take a look back and I take a look at all of his great moments. Now, like I say, correct me if I'm, if I'm missing a moment in Houston, let me know. I'm talking about playoff moments. Are you just throwing salt in the wound? That's all, because you know that I was Oklahoma City Thunder fan. No, man. no, 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 no. I'm just saying in terms of when I look at when I look at James Harden career. When I say legendary moments, especially the debate, like I just mentioned, the you know him being a third grade shooting guard and people putting him over Dwayne Wade. I was like, hold on now, look, Dwayne Wade still has that title as third greatest, especially given that his playoff moment came in 2006 in the finals when he brought Miami back from down 0-2 against the Dallas Mavericks. But I have yet to see James Harden have that postseason moment, in my opinion. And like I say, like I just finished mentioning, the the postseason moment I can still think of that stands out is when he was with the Thunder. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Um, he he hasn't had any, any great moments. I thought you was talking about when uh Manu uh blocked his shot. What year? No, was that? no, that that was twenty seventeen. That was the year that I was I, that I used your theory that James Harden was tired because even back then, and this was before I got credentials and really started covering the Rockets. That was my take up for James. The man was tired, and people, oh, well, how can you say he was tired? Kobe ain't never tired. LeBron ain't never tired. Blah, 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 blah. I say, yeah, why, that is true. We never saw Jordan and, and D-Wade and all them people tired 
they did was playing with Shaq and D Wade and and whoever the case and whoever else you want to throw in there. As for that was the only time it was literally James Harden and that's it. And he was yeah. in the regular season dropping fifty and sixty triple doubles, and that still should be his MVP. That's well, the only I mean, one I still believe that he should have. But that's neither here or there. Wait, the year was that the year Russ won it for the triple double? Yeah, that was the year Russ running for the triple double. And by the way, for your theory, I do think that's another reason why the Thunder did not look as competitive against the Rockets in that series because Russ was tired. Yeah, that could be true. Yeah, I, but, I, I could go with that. But so, but here's my thing though you, you're right. You know, James Harden, it, it, that probably when he was with the Oklahoma City Thunder, that was probably the only time he had his, his greatest moments as far mm-hmm. as playoffs is concerned but he also was playing with two of the top you know top 75 players you know that that was named top yeah, 75 sure. last year he's playing with two future hall of famers he's playing with you know arguably one of the top three players in the nba right now first ballot hall of famer scoring kevin durant and russell westbrook who not only broke oscar robinson i mean not only matched what oscar robinson did by having a triple double in a season he went on to do it like what three times three more times two or three Mm -hmm. more times and so you know james harden was close to doing that himself so 17 (laughs) so i i get it i think what james is trying to say though and i can't speak you speak for him because i haven't spoken to him or anybody around him but what i think he's trying to say is that personally he doesn't have anything to prove he just has to go out there and he has to play because they're going to look at him as the first thing that's going to happen. I'm going to tell you right now, if, the, if they don't win a playoff series or if they don't get like in order for them to be successful or considered or deemed successful, they got to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. And there's no possible way that I can see James Harden and James Harden and Joel and B going to the Eastern Conference Finals with the team that they have with the Philadelphia 76ers only because of one, what we talked about earlier with. Doc Rivers. I don't trust Doc Rivers because I don't think he's a good coach. And then two, you have players who you don't know what's going, what you're going to get from them. There's a lot mm-hmm. of players on that team. Tobias Harris, you don't know what you're going to get from him. Uh, Thibault, you don't know what you're going to get from Thibault. Uh, Maxi, you don't know what you're going to get from Maxi. And so, with that being said, James Harden, I like the fact that he's come out and he said that because it, it, what it does too is. Now everybody shifts everything that they need to say towards him. He'll take it. That way, Joel and B can just go on and play, and those other role players, if they can step it up, that's cool because they don't have to take the pressure of the media coming at him. And it may sound like I'm making excuses for James Harden, but I just honestly and truly believe that outside of winning a championship, personally, he doesn't have to do anything else because, I mean, he's already made it to – he's made it to, what, two conference finals, and he's made it to the finals in his career. Yeah, well, three conference finals three conference if you finals. count the one with the Thunder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so three conference finals. So, you know, mm. that's just me, though. Well, well hey, since we're still talking, can, can I throw this in since we're still talking playoffs right quick? What? We talked about earlier, we talked about Patrick Beverly and the Minnesota Timberwolves and how he ugly cried coming off the court. And I'm saying to myself, hey, bro, you're already kind of like not attractive. <laughs> You might not want to cry like that because I was watching him cry coming out the court. You have, you know that uh that video out there that man going. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I said to myself, oh my god, no, no, stop showing that, stop showing that. But when I look at this Minnesota Timberwolves versus the Memphis Grizzlies series, 
there's a there, there there's a guy that I was talking to on Twitter on yesterday, going back and forth. Real good guy. He's part of the media here in uh, the local media here in Houston as well. And he says, you know, it doesn't matter how much Minnesota celebrated. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter how much Minnesota celebrated because they're going to get rolled up by the Memphis Grizzlies. And I said, I don't think so. And what I mean by I don't think so is that I honestly and truly believe that this series is going to go the distance. Mm-hmm. I honestly and truly believe that this that this series is going to go the distance only because if you look at them, they're evenly matched across the board. Now, I know some people may say, well, Memphis Grizzlies has John Morant. And I get it. He's just a tad, not just a tad, but he's better, of course, than any of the players that's going to be on the court, especially since he's uh, being considered for MVP. But he's also coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. And coming off that injury, he's still working himself back in the game shape, still trying to test that knee. And it's hard to get yourself back in the game shape when you got a player like, look, since you know this is a Rockets podcast, when you have a player like former Houston Rockets, Patrick Beverly, mm-hmm. <laughs> harassing you, harassing you like that at all times, right? Mm-hmm. When he's harassing you and playing that type of defense, they're gonna have to run a bunch of screens to get Patrick Beverly off of Ja Morant. But when you look at it, the the Memphis Grizzlies, they got Dylan Brooks, Ja Morant, Desmond Bain, Steven Adams. Like, that's a really good team. Very good team because they ended up being number two in the Western Conference, correct? Mm-hmm. And you look at the other side of the ball, and I know that Minnesota didn't have the record that they thought they would have by the end of the season, but Minnesota has D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and the wild card fact is Patrick Beverly. Like, to me, that's not too far off to say <laughs> that I'm looking at a 4-1 sweep. I mean, a, a gentleman sweep by the Memphis Grizzlies. What I'm saying to myself is, you know, if D'Angelo Russell gets hot and Anthony Edwards plays like the dog that's in him, they may be able to steal a home game from Memphis. They may be able to steal a home game from Memphis. And if Carl Anthony Towns can play the way that we think he plays, or we've seen him play at least against the Rockets, oh, my God. But they could get that. They they could take that series to distance and could possibly win it. This has been another installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm, a, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. And I am Brian Barefield, a.k.a. Big Sarge. You can follow me at Big Sarge Sports with the Z. <laughs> Thank you for having me on, Cody. I appreciate it. <laughs> Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.